Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. My name is DJ Will. Wow. Wow. Right off the bat, I woofed it Hi, on my name. name. My name's challenging. Yeah, I mean, my... DJ Woldridge, it's a hard last name. I get it. Oh, That's my. DJ Woldridge. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Well, with me, as always, is Roxy Stryer, who can get my name right, fortunately. Well, you got mine right, so that was important. Like, if you butcher your name, but you get me right, then I think we're in a good place. Yeah, I would rather, if I was to butcher a name, I'd rather butcher my own name. Yes, it does say something though about the current state. Like when you when you introduce yourself and you, I just put up a video of me doing one of my auditions when I was fourteen years old. I don't oh. know if you saw this DJ no. doing a Good Will Hunting audition. I'm fourteen and I'm doing the Ben Affleck speech about like if you're still here, whatever. <laughs> anyway, and I open it up and I'm like, "Hi, I'm Rocky Stryer," and I and I turn to my sister. I was like. Did I used to call myself that or did I just mess up my name? She's like, no, you messed up your name. I'm like, that, that's like a that's like a start over moment. Yes. You can't do that. You can't get your name wrong. Nope. No, nope. you get down in an audition. I, props to you for go, doing all that. I will say uh, we're going to be talking about Tenant today because that was just released on video on demand. Uh, and this was a reminder to me because there's a lot of hench people in that movie. And it reminded yep. me that I've never I've never had a goal to be an actor. I don't have the I don't have the um, the steel, the, the steel you need to to put yourself out there in that way. But if I did, I 100 percent know what my path would be. I would go to the gym. I would get ripped and I would be henchman number one because I'm so tall. I'm so big. I know if I got oh, jacked, are. I would just go out for those roles like like uh, uh, we'll talk, there's a specific henchman role in 10. I'm like, that's the role I'd go for. That guy. It's important to know your type, DJ. Mm -hmm. It's important to know your type. Look at you. You might be, we might make an actor of you yet. We don't well, know. You know, and if I started doing stunt stuff like Chad Stileski um, uh, and the John Wick guys, they, you know, a lot of, a lot of stunt guys are now directing movies and I love the John Wick movies. So uh, who knows? Maybe I've missed my calling. No. Hey, it's never too late. So today, as always, we're going to answer your questions about movies, TV shows, and comic books. Specifically, like I said, we're going to be diving into Tenet. Um, if you are watching this live, at pay well, you're not watching it live. I can't do it live because of stupid internet issues that I'm fixing tomorrow. If you're watching this live, then that's creepy. How are you here? <laughs> How are you doing I'm it? Tapping. Yeah, what are you doing? If you're watching this full episode on Patreon.com slash Only Stupid Answers, we're also talking about the Mandalorian Season 2 finale, plus a bunch of other stuff. If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Roxy Stryer and I every week host a two-hour show where we talk we talk about the biggest stories of the week, and that is on Patreon.com slash Only Stupid Answers. So let's dive into uh, the other stuff. Roxy that you were into this week um, starting with I May Destroy You I'm very excited to talk about this with you because I've been meaning to dive into it I've heard nothing but good things so you have heard of it DJ. I have heard of it okay so this is just to give a little background on this I right now am making my end of the year 2020 best TV shows list yes and, um, you know, I, I'm liking, I usually do like a top 10 comedies, a top 10 dramas, and then a top 10 reality slash competition slash docuseries slash talk, whatever that category is. But before I do it, I like to look at other people's top 10 lists to see what general consensus seems to be so that I make sure that I've at least watched those shows. Yeah. Because I have, you know, as somebody who watches as much television as I have, mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter because there are 425 original scripted series that came out this year. And more to so, come. And more to come. So I want to make sure that I've seen a lot of the top contenders. 
And that doesn't mean they always make my list, but I always try to watch them so I know if they do make my list. Absolutely. So I made it to the end of this year without having seen I May Destroy You. I remember when it did come out, I heard people kind of rumbling about this show that was excellent, um, but I just didn't have time for it at the time. Then when I was looking through all of these top 10 lists, I'm not kidding, DJ. This was on every single one of wow. them. I mean, this just kept appearing. So I was like, okay, clearly this is something that I need to watch. And usually when I'm watching things on other people's top 10, I'll make sure I watch one episode or two episodes just to get the gist of it to know if I want to keep going. Um, this show hit me like a shit ton of bricks. Wow. It is, it is so um, good. That's the first thing I will say about it. Incredibly upsetting and disturbing. I, I, I think that definitely um, there is a major trigger warning on this show that it's a show about sexual assault, okay. uh, but it's also a uh, dramedy. So it's really fucking funny at times, um, like cringeworthy funny. You know that word cringe gets mm -hmm. to me, but it is it is a it's like a half hour dramedy drama mostly, but really funny at times, um, obscure show to read you guys just in case you know nothing about it, it says the question of sexual consent in contemporary life and how in the new landscape of dating and relationships, we make the distinction between liberation and exploitation. Uh, and it just like, I don't know, it just had such a accurate grasp and depiction of what it is to be men in this world right now, women in this world right now, queer in this world right now, uh, how like things are, there is a lot of gray area, lines get very blurred. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, unbelievable. This girl, Michaela Cole, is the writer and the star of it or the creator and the star of it. And um, she's talked a lot about, she's come out and talked a lot about her own sexual assault. Wow. That she, when she was assaulted in a writer's room because she was already a writer on a TV show. Um, and apparently she, has, she hasn't talked um, in depth about like who, but apparently it was somebody who was not on the show. So like she was working on the show late night at the office and there was a sexual assault situation with somebody who was not part of the show. Um, that's pr pretty much the gist of what I got. But part of you feel this like, show, she got no, 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 okay. no, the show no, she was working on. She was working on before this, gotcha. which is a, which was a show that um, a lot of people would know. I, I think it was called um, chewing gum. That might've been it. That uh -huh. was her previous show, whatever it was. I think it's a British show. Yeah. Um, but the point of me sharing that is that, she gets it and this show is coming from a place of like hurt and healing mm. and just does such a such an interesting job of making you think like what what is the right thing to do in this situation how do you avoid this situation who is like who is not winning here but like what does this do for the world and the energy that we put out in the world and then how does this affect like what's the domino effect of this truly uh, it was just it's a hard watch at times and it there is also it deals with a lot of like race relations issues and when that comes to well, race relations and sexual assault and what that looks like the show is phenomenal it is phenomenal it absolutely should 
be on people's top 10 list because I know it was an HBO Max show, but it came out in June, which I think was a time in which a lot of us like were fully in this pandemic and we're not watching dark things because it was like, make me laugh or get off my screen. Yeah. Um, but this show kind of got overlooked by the public, but critics noticed it. And for good reason, DJ, it's like just excellently done. I had never seen a single one of the performers in this on anything else ever before. So it was the least distracting thing ever because it was all new, incredibly talented people who are literally only on your screen because they're that talented mm -hmm. um, and for no other reason. And I was like, damn, I want to follow each one of their careers. This is this is so good. And at times I'm like really laughing about things that I'm like, ah, fuck, no, that's not, no, no. Like, it, but it just... It was excellent. And the fact that it was only a half hour episodes, that's about all you can stomach sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I was really glad that this was not one of those like 65 minute long. You binge it so, so fast. I think it was like, maybe it was 10 episodes. Um, don't quote me on that, but somewhere in that eight to 11 range. And so I went through this in two days wow. and it, it was like just excellent. I know I'm rambling a little bit, but so, so worth people's time and like, ugh, but also holy crap. I'll definitely check it out. I've heard nothing but good things. Um, and, and I, it's rare, like obviously HBO has a lot of wins. You know what I mean? HBO tends to, tends to bring the good stuff. And I know yeah. I just binged all the way through um, Insecure uh, this year. And I felt like I lot of Me so too, DJ. Yeah, I felt like uh, opening those episodes. You know, they, they have the, the little trailers for other shows. I feel like I May Destroy You trailers came up a lot for, for Insecure. And so I'll be, yeah, that's I'll, true. I'll, I'll be sure to, to, to check it out uh, and give it some love. Because it's, like I said, like you're not the only person I've heard say amazing things about it. And even though you're right, like not a lot, not a lot of people are talking about it in the same way they'll talk about like, the man the mandalorian for instance yeah uh, mm -hmm. the people that do talk about it have nothing but incredible things to say it it's a really um this is a weird word but like casual show in terms of you, you very quickly just feel like you're a fly on the wall listening to conversations and watching things like it's it's very not pretentious and not like it, it just is kind of slice of lifey and um yeah, I think that I think that um, even in the episodes that are really tough to watch, you, you really appreciate the show and you cool. like understand, oh, wow, this is a show that really is like fucking swinging for it um, and executes really well. So I think you will uh, enjoy is the wrong word, but mm -hmm. I think that you'll watch this and be like, damn, yeah, damn. Yeah, I, I will say the subject matter makes me a little nervous. Sounds a little heavy, but uh, but I, I think. I, I'll definitely yeah, check it out. Yeah, it is heavy. It yeah. is heavy, but they put levity in there. So, yeah. Well, yeah. speaking of levity, segue, uh, let's mm -hmm. talk about Tom Cruise. Which, by the way, literally this morning, this isn't what we're talking about. I saw a report that it's like reports are stating that Tom Cruise may be dating his co-star Haley Atwell, who you may remember as Peggy Carter from Captain true? America. I don't know, but Haley, please don't. don't. Where did you see this? It was literally, it was on my, like, the Google feed. Like, I just, I literally, right before we started this, I saw the headline. I was like, Haley, I don't know if this is true. Haley, don't. If that's happening, is she a Scientologist? Anyway? I don't know. Haley, don't. Don't do this to yourself. Nothing good. Not, not, I don't, I'm not one of those people. Like, like for instance, my wife does not want to watch anything with Tom Cruise in it. 
for me, the Mission Impossible movies have gotten too good for me to not like. They're they're just they're just so my type of movie. But n- I don't think anybody's come out of a relationship with Tom Cruise being like, yeah, yay, that was great. <laughs> yeah, that's like the past is the best indicator of mm-hmm. the present and the future. Or and whatever. I'm a, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of I, Haley Atwell, and I just don't want to see that happen. <laughs> I know, I know. He manages to pull some of the greatest women throughout history, though. Um, yeah, I, this was interesting. What happened here, DJ? I am super curious um, what your thoughts are on this because, well, for anybody who doesn't know, on the set of Mission Impossible, probably you guys have all heard it at this point, Tom Cruise caught some people, I guess for the multiple time, not following COVID protocol, so not wearing masks, et cetera, and he let them have it Mm -hmm. um, very vocally in front of a lot of people. I, I refer to this in our notes as the Tom Cruise rant, mm-hmm. although I think that that's probably an unfair phrasing of that, but yeah. it, it is, for lack of better words, that's what it is. He's going off on them, um, calls them mother effers, threatens to, if they do this again, fire them, um, and is speaking incredibly loudly yeah. and is explaining why it's so important for them to follow COVID protocols because people are going hungry and this industry is shutting down and they will lose their jobs uh, and other people won't have food to eat. So I have thoughts on this, DJ, but before I get to mine, I have to know, how did you feel about it? Did you listen to this? I, I heard I heard what I, I guess it goes on for like three minutes. I heard a good chunk yeah. of it. I heard enough. Uh, and, and when you hear the rant, I think... There's got to be part of everybody that's tried to take this seriously or been affected by this that can connect to the frustrations um, there. You know what I mean? Like, because uh, you want people to take this seriously. You want people, especially everybody feels like they're under a lot of pressure right now. Um, and so I think it's hard to not be a little bit, weirdly enough, on Tom Cruise's side. And I've, I've seen headlines on both and tweets on both sides of the spectrum. I did the way it was the show I was watching that that gave, that talked about it. The context was, I guess, two people were on a computer too close to each other, and so when you give that context, it's like, well, well dial it back. And also, I will not. It's I'm not going to be one like, yeah, superiors should yell at their workers that way. That's a good thing. Like, don't. It's it's. To, I I have based on the information I have mixed feelings because yes people should take this seriously all the things he says are essentially true all the stuff i heard him say or is 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 not untrue you know what i mean like people are looking at a at, at a mission impossible movie at a tom cruise movie to see the the viability of of doing this uh people getting sick with this is very serious all that's not true should you Talk to your employees that way. I, I don't. I, I. I am hard pressed to find a circumstance other than maybe COVID that it might be justified. What do you think? So, I also heard that this was like the seventh offense of these particular people, mm. um, and that they had been caught doing a lot of other things, and that he had talked to them and talked to them and talked to them. Now, obviously, who knows what actually happened? I'm not on set, but people. The fact that this was released means that it's not be being taken that seriously on set by some people because the only person who would release this was somebody who's trying to make Tom Cruise look bad. Yeah. And I think that that backfired because I think the majority of people are on Tom Cruise's side on 
this one. Yeah. But like the fact that somebody watched the situation and still thought, oh, the dick in this situation is Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Let me release this shows that there's a lack of understanding and basic understanding on set what the severity uh, of the situation is. So, and I'm not saying by everybody, but by that person and by the people who are being spoken to multiple times. Yeah. I'm also from Boston. And I include that in this sentence because what is yelling to some is not yelling to me. Fair. I felt as if he was speaking pretty sternly, a little loud, and super duper fairly. <laughs> I happen to use the phrase mother effers like I use homies, friends. Yeah. Like that is a very casual phrase for me. Now, when you actually think about what that word means, that shouldn't be as casual as I use it. But just in general, mm-hmm. I use that pretty interchangeably. I also have a louder voice. And I also like I'm very passionate about things. So I kind of am giving Tom Cruise the benefit of the doubt here. Again, I'm I'm not in your wife's camp on this one. But I'm between you guys, I have a really hard time sometimes with him because woof, I mean, woof. Yeah. But the same way that I sometimes have a hard time with Elizabeth Moss, you yep. know, like or Kirstie Alley or anybody who's come out as a Scientologist, where it's just like, how, what, what is happening here? Yeah. Um, so I'm not typically sitting here and using the sentence, I stand with Tom Cruise. But on this one, I happen to because I feel like the fact that any sets are open right now, we are walking a thin line and this industry is effing hurting. And he wasn't in his rant saying, I need to be in this movie. And this is about, he was saying, what about the gaffer? What's yeah. he going to do when he has to go home because the set closes down? We're supposed to be setting the example. We have to pitch a perfect game here. People are getting sick and dying. You can't fucking do what you're doing. We've already laid out the protocol. So I feel like sometimes people don't listen until they have a Tom Cruise in their face getting a little vocal. Yeah. Because he didn't, he wasn't like, making fun of them or berating them or their personal character. You know, it's not like he was, this didn't remind me of the Christian Bale thing. It just felt like he was telling them, do your fucking job or you're gone. Do your fucking job or you're gone. And I think it might've been the most effective way to do it. I hate to say that because I'm with you, DJ. I, as a grown ass adult, I think being yelled at is so off putting that I don't even listen. Like when I've had bosses yell at me, I'm like, Dude, I'm a grown ass woman. Yeah. Don't don't fucking raise your voice with me. Yeah. So I hear you, but at the same time, if it's not the first, second, third, fourth time, and they're not listening, and people's lives are on the line, it's kind of like, wake up, yeah. wake up. I also wonder if um, <clears throat> I think I think the context you provide there is is really important, and I think it, it's it, it I think it's it's really good to keep in mind. It also struck me. I don't know if it stood out to you the 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 phrasing if you do this again you're fired it's like he's not being unreasonable like i i feel i'd feel different like you guys are gone right now like this is i'm gonna whatever whatever it's like you're right it wasn't nothing he was saying he was he was very angry but he wasn't personal like he wasn't being mean you know what i mean that's there's an important distinction there about being trying to be mean and hurtful which which he wasn't doing um and I also seeing some of the reactions to some some people on Twitter. I don't know if if you felt this way. Some stuff. It's like, oh, you've never been in charge before. You've never been the like. There's a lot of times where you'll see people complain about stuff. It's like, oh, you've ne- you've never been the one like writing I the checks or being in charge because it's it, 
you're stressful. not wrong, but it is different. <laughs> yeah, it, it's stressful. And like, again, was he raising his voice? I'll give you that. But like people were like, he was screaming bloody murder at them. Yo, no, he wasn't. Yeah. Like that is that was the sound of somebody who's pissed and passionate, not the sound of somebody who's going to throw fists at you. Like yeah. he, he, I, I'm with you, DJ, as somebody who's had to like make those not that level of tough decision, yes. but and had people work under me who have fucked up over and over again. I would like to think I haven't raised my voice like that because I'm usually able to get a little calmer, but I also have never been in a position where I've got hundreds of millions of dollars and people's lives on the line. Like yeah. if something happens to somebody there and he didn't do that, that's on him. Yeah. So uh, I, yeah, I thought it was, I, I thought it was like 95% reasonable. Yeah. Well, and I do, I do um, also agree with you with the idea of like, as, as somebody who also gets passionate about stuff, when people are like you're yelling, I'm like, no, you'll you'll know when I'm yelling. You know when I'm yelling. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yelling. <laughs> I this get is me. This is me. Fucking uh, very, very, very upset right now. Yeah. Very. Um, don't do that again. Yeah, I'm no. I know I'm a big person with a deep voice, but you will know when I'm yelling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I felt like he was not. I felt like he was loudly, passionately speaking, and I don't think he. I think, yeah, if he could go back, would he have called them mother effers? Probably not. Like, that's not the nicest thing. But at the same time, like, he's got to get shit done. And they're also, like, in the middle of – they're on set. Yeah. This is in the middle of something. Well, and I also wonder if – you talk about lives on the line. It's like, I I wonder if this, in in that sense, is not his first rodeo, considering the audacity of the stunts that they do on those movies. That, like – you know, maybe he's had to have conversations like this before when it's stunt related. It's like, Hey, people could die doing the people have died doing stunts like this. Cause I don't think we've ever had, Oh, there was the, um, there was, there hasn't been a death on the mission impossible movies, but there was that death on that other movie. But I don't know if that was related to him at all. The train track one. No, with the, um, it was a, it was a movie where he was playing like a drug runner character. And I think there was a, there was a pilot that, that Uh crashed, uh, doing something anyway. Um, the stunts they do yeah. in those movies are no joke. So, but what you're allowed, honestly, what you're allowed to say as the boss is, if you do this again, you're fired. Mm-hmm. You're kind of allowed to say that. Yeah, and you're kind of allowed to say it about anything. Yeah, when you're the boss, you're allowed to give a warning about that, and especially when it's COVID time. Like that's that's something you're allowed to say. And people are like, you should have stopped, brought them in his office. And been like, here's what you're doing wrong. And who knows? You might have done that a couple of times. But yeah. even so, like, have you ever been on a film set? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, can we actually pause and let me go take these PAs to my trailer so I can talk to them about the fact that they will be fired if they sit too close? Let me put them in close quarters yeah. to tell them that they can't be too close to each other. Well, like, in what world? Yeah. And also, it's not like it, on a set of that scale, it's like, it's not like he's friends with these people. He doesn't know. These are not people no. he, he talks to on the reg. Like there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, whatever. Anyway, I think you and I are, are pretty much on the same page about this, uh, which yeah. is a great opportunity to just remind everybody, wear your mask, wash your hands, uh, keep your social distance. And right now, especially stay home, stay Be cool, be cool guys, stay home be- because especially in California, things are spite. It's really, it's really bad. And so I know it's Christmas is coming, but like stay home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm so with you. Just like, be chill. Oh my nap, nap a lot. Like bake cookies. Pass out on your couch. Watch TV. 
I'm giving you recommendations every single week. I know you've got something to do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go into our main topic this week, which is Tenet. And you'd be like, Tenet, didn't that movie come out 40 billion months ago? It did, but now it's finally on video on demand. Uh, I uh, let everybody know that I was not going to be seeing any movies in theaters. So if there were not screenings or screeners, I'm not reviewing it. So um, now this is on video on demand. A lot of controversy around this movie. So I went in. Uh, not spoiled, not that uh, now that I've seen it, not that I think you could actually spoil it. Like, what would you, what would you say? Um, but, uh, there was a lot of baggage going in. Let's start off with the Rotten Tomatoes score. The critics consensus is a visually dazzling puzzle for film lovers to unlock. Tenant serves up all the cerebral spectacle audiences expect from Christopher Nolan, uh, Christopher Nolan production. Normally I think the Rotten Tomatoes consensus is on point. That feels a little overly optimistic. Um, it is 71% fresh on the tomato meter. The audience score is 76%. Roxy, mm. assuming people have not watched this yet, uh, obviously it's been out for a minute, but assuming people have not watched it, give me your spoiler free thoughts on this movie. I know it's been a minute since you've seen it. Cause you went to a drive through, right? Yeah, so I went, um, there was a drive-thru in San Diego that I oh went to God. to go see this. Um, devotion. But, That's devotion, everybody. Yeah, but similar to you, I'm not seeing things in theaters right now because no. just no. So if it's not on screener, then I'm not seeing it. But this was like, all right, I'm going to go to this drive-thru. I'm going to see this movie. I'm going to sit in my car. I'm going to do this as safe as possible. And I'm going to watch this movie that I um, have been. Christopher Nolan's one of my favorite directors. Same. I was super excited for this. And I just was like, all right, I'm doing it. Um, uh, it's, uh, it has not aged any differently for me than how I felt the second that I saw it. Yeah. So now several months later, I feel the exact same way, which is that I thought this movie was good. Not great. Definitely not one of his best, a little confusing for the sake of being confusing. Um, I love John David Washington and I love Robert Pattinson. Uh, I really like Elizabeth Debicki as well, just in general. Um, no. Although I didn't think that this was uh, no yeah. the best that I yeah she was I, the damsel in distress in this one yeah not to her fault but no. just um, I think that the there was some of the characters were not fleshed out like kind of at all mm-hmm. um, and I think that this is exactly why my dad does not like Christopher Nolan movies as he refers to them as. Things are all over the place time-wise. That's uh, a good way of describing them, yeah. <laughs> and and this is that for sure. But at the same time, there was something cool about it. There was something that kept me engaged. I didn't have issues with the audio the way other people did. But then again, I did watch in my car. So I don't know <laughs> if that affected the audio. Yeah. I've, got, I've got decent speakers in there, but I don't know. Um, I, I just thought this movie... Could have been better. Conceptually was strong. Um, by the end of it, I was like, I'm glad I just saw a movie because I haven't seen a new movie in a very long time. Yeah. But I, I wish that this had been a little a little better. 
Yeah, I think that's completely fair. I left this movie actually with a headache. I, I, because I, I was really trying to, uh, like you, big Christopher Nolan fan. Obviously, his Dark Knight movies, great. Uh, the Prestige actually might be one of my favorite movies of all time. I love that movie. Yeah, I weirdly, I was seeing somebody like, kind of like ripping into the Prestige. Like, uh, time out. Prestige is is excellent um it's really good yeah it's really really good uh yeah not talked about enough actually of his films well it, it also like my my dad used to be uh actually paid his way through college being a magician so like it no means yeah so it means something to me it was it was was that prestige was that right before the dark knight was that post begins and pre-dark knight i think um, so I, yeah it was it was it was um 2006 six so anyway we we don't need to get derailed on that but i i genuinely love that movie um yeah and so like yeah it it is it is it is what the people what people say it is it it is it is i i think you could it is arguably a bad movie i i enjoyed good parts of it is obviously incredibly well crafted um as far as as production as far as like every shot is good you know what i mean like um the the acting even though 90 percent of it is exposition like literally like 90 almost every scene is explaining how a thing works um it is delivered well it is, it is snappily written exposition um uh but it is it is confusing to the point of nonsense i was telling you before we went on air a lot of the concepts like the the core key concept is this idea that people in the future are reversing the entropy of objects and people so that they are now traveling backwards through time. Mm-hmm. I eat that shit up. Like that's the kind of zany big big swing sci-fi shit that I love. But the more you dive dived into it and, and there's specific things that I struggle with that we'll get into when we get into spoilers. It doesn't like a lot of time travel things, it doesn't make any sense and more a particular pet peeve that I think has happened enough times that now it is a pet peeve. I don't like it. The, the only other good example I can think of this is actually Looper, where you clearly have an intricately crafted rules to your to your thing, but you've realized that it actually doesn't make sense. So you have a character literally verbalize like, don't verbalize pay, that. yeah, don't pay attention yeah. to it too much. It's like, well, but that's bullshit. It's one thing when Back to the Future is like, don't meet your past past self, and now we're off on zany adventures, and, and it really doesn't matter. Like other than that one rule, the time travel rules don't matter. We're on a zany adventure. That's fine. When it's clear that you put well, the point of Back to the Future is not actually about the sci-fi time travel. It's but the point of this is yes, one hundred percent. You're one hundred percent right. And so when you say like, ah, don't pay attention to it. No, you can't do that. That's like yeah. it's it, it. It connects to me. Another pet peeve of mine is when somebody says a cheesy line of dialogue, and another character is like, "Oh, that's cheesy." It's like, "Well, that's corny." Yeah, cut, cut the line. Cut the line. Yeah, just just you, cut. The, you you were self aware enough to know, but then not you didn't want to put in the effort to fix. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, and so it's like it, it's one of those pick a lane. Either we're having a fun action movie with a fun sci fi conceit, or this. And, and and we're just going on a fun ride, or this is an intricately plotted thing that all makes sense if I unwind it. And if yeah. you can't pull that off, then fucking dial it back and let it be more fun. <laughs> did, did it bother you at all that John David Washington and Robert Pattinson's character time 
kind of had the exact same like character traits. Like there was one could have played the other, the other could have played the other. Like there was no there was no differentiating really like personality. I I think you're 100 percent right in the personality and the writing. I will say uh, John David Washington didn't impress me that much in Black Klansman. Um, maybe because that movie didn't really move the needle for me. This was the movie that I was like, oh, this guy's this guy's not just Denzel Washington's kid. This guy could do stuff. Yeah. Excellent. This my comment has nothing to do with the performances. Yeah. And more just like I really feel like they could have flipped a coin with who was cast in which of those two roles. Like the two of the they were the same, they, they were written the exact same. Any dialogue, like if you pulled dialogue from that movie and you were like, which person said this line? Yeah. There, I wouldn't know because they spoke the exact same way. They had like the same personality. Yeah. It was no. so, that was so un, unnecessary. Yeah. I totally agree with you. The only difference I would say is that uh, if I recall correctly, I think I'm right about this. John David Washington played football for a while and that physicality really informs his the action stuff like the 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 fight scenes in it specifically the kitchen fight scene the physicality that he brought to it is something i don't think robert pattinson would be not not that he's not a great actor but there's a physicality to it that it's like i buy more from john david washington than i would buy from robert pattinson yeah that's absolutely true going back to something you said earlier that i really liked was like that this is arguably a bad movie and here's what i'll say about that although i thought it was a good movie good not great i would never we be able to win an argument with somebody who thought this was a bad movie because any points they could make, I agree. With. Yeah. Like the things that were not good about this movie are not arguably not good. They're just, were not good. Yeah. So that's like, that's a problem. I feel like when they released this, they felt like they had the next inception. Mm-hmm. They felt like this was inception and memento combined. Yeah. Um, and then it so is not that. Um, I I think that they just thought they had something else. Like when Christopher Nolan fought the, the fight to have this be exactly what he wanted it to be, released how he wanted it to, I really think he thought that he had made his best movie yet. Yeah, I, I agree That's with you. so not the case. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on both counts. I think I think you're right. I think, and and I wonder, and I want to ask this to you, do you think your feelings would be different if this had released under normal conditions? Because I have to admit, even though when I say it's arguably not good, I actually did enjoy a good chunk of this movie. Me too. Ch- chunks. Chunks of this movie. Uh, it's when you put it together that I was like, wow. Um, but it just it, it just feels like it just feels like a like a misfire. But I also have to admit to myself, uh, some of those feelings are wrapped up in the idea that this movie was quote unquote supposed to save cinema and it is wrapped up in, in, I think my, my increasingly, my increasing feeling that uh, Christopher Nolan has kind of lost touch with reality. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that that's very, very fair. I think that's a really fair assessment. I don't know how I would feel otherwise. I know that the first people who did see this, who were offered to see this in theaters um as a press screening yeah. you know they did the press screenings in vegas or whatever it was those people seem to like the movie more than the rest of the people yeah so maybe talking about joker syndrome a little bit of joker syndrome <laughs> possibly i really i don't know um and then the thing that we really haven't talked about yet is elizabeth the becky's character what was her name cat uh, 
I, I yeah. know that because we watched it with subtitles and I was grateful for that. Pat, um, I'm mad confused about her timing of things and her motivation and like what I, that com- that character was confusing. She's a bomb actress. Like yeah. She's awesome. It has nothing to do with that. But why she decided to do what she did when she did it uh, with like, I mean, I, I, it was confusing. Yes. Like when when she decide because we are in full blown spoiler territory, right? No, let's let's segue. Let's segue. I one more thing, and then I'll say one more thing, and then we'll go into spoilers. I, halfway through this movie, I'm like, wow, this is like Hans Zimmer's best score in a while. And is it because it's not his score? It's Ludwig Göransson's score, the same guy that scores his man scores Mandalorian. Shocker, it's oh, very good. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really good. Yeah. Too. Anyway, so now spoilers, Elizabeth Debicki. Like when her decisions to like push him off the boat or shoot him or whatever. When she does, it's like, I'm confused. First, you can't hurt him because of what that will do. Yeah. But then you must randomly on a boat, you guys are just, and you're just, no, he's going in the water. Like, well, remember what? she said, she said she knew he'd be able to figure it out. But that's like super not true. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know. I didn't understand she seemed like I couldn't tell what they were trying to do with her. Did they want to show that like even strong women end up in abusive relationships and that is tumultuous and sometimes like makes causes you to act sporadically or I don't know what they were. Is that what that, that was? I think Nolan for a long time, has been able to rely on like if you look at a movie like inception right on the page there's not really a lot like obviously there's stuff with mal right but there's not a lot of like pathos or character development going on and the people that bring that to the movie are the actors he's been able to land such good actors that they are able to bring a humanity to the roles that is not on the page and i think we finally run into a movie that the actors could not surmount, like could not like find the spot. Cause especially when you talk about her, cause she and her devotion to her son are supposed to be the emotional anchor, but right. the movie is so clearly not interested in that. It's almost impossible for Elizabeth Debicki to find a way. Like, is she even supposed to be strong? Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I didn't know how I was supposed to feel about her. Because you're right, that was the emotional anchor. Like, if if you thought this movie was a tearjerker in any way, it was because of that. That was the only thing that had, like, the heart and soul to it. But I had a hard time latching on to that because it was so up and down and left and right. And I, it, hard to root for. Yeah. And also, are her and John David Washington supposed to be in love? And why? I don't, I don't know. I'll tell you, for now that we're into spoilers, I had an uh-oh literally when the movie opened. And I think it illustrates a lot of my issues with the movie. In the op- With the opening sequence, one, we start off with masked terrorists assaulting this fully packed orchestra. And if I were Christopher Nolan and I had one of my biggest movies ever had had a mass shooting in the theater, I wouldn't do a scene like this in a million fucking years. Like, yeah. like this, this shit. Especially yes. Especially when 
did not mean much. It's not wasn't necessary to the movie. Yeah, and it's like there's there's other ways you could have done what what was happening. It, this was one of those, and and I think I don't know if if this movie had released under normal conditions, it probably would have occurred to me. But now with everything going on, it's like, oh yeah, Christopher Nolan either does not give a fuck or does not understand people at this point and the stuff we go through because. I'm in a Christopher Nolan movie. I know there was a mass shooting at a thing. Yeah. I'm in a theater. Theoretically, I'm in a theater with a bunch of other people. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And then also, yeah. that scene doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, there's the terrorists. Then there's the cops going in. And then John David Washington is hiding with the cops. But the cops are in on it. It's supposed to get a guy. But it's not supposed to get a guy. Only no, he knows. He thought that, that was the bank robbery scene from Dark Knight. Like, he thought that that's what he was hitting us with. And it was not. Because was the bank not. robbery scene has a very simple structure to it <laughs> yeah and and so that was the moment i thought like we might be in some trouble with this one but there are moments again the kitchen fight i thought like there, if you go back and watch the dark knight i think that movie is still excellent it is still one of my favorite superhero movies of all time the act the fight sequences are not no one's best you watch this they've gotten a lot better they've gotten significantly better and so the kitchen fight, and I think the the fight in the hallway that we then reverse back in on, I thought was I I would be. Gen- was, I love that. I love that hallway. That was dope. Yeah, it was really cool. And I can't. I don't oh, know that, you. That was, yeah, that was dope. I don't know about you, Roxy, but it's like, oh, you had the idea for action scenes in reverse, and then you just built an entire movie around that. Yes, kind of. Yeah, and that didn't work, but those scenes did the scenes did I, let me tell you that i don't know about you but i think the thing that that threw me off the most you're like okay we're sending objects back through time got it not a problem you're catching bullets you've got to imagine you've you have to have dropped it to pick it up cool it's a little wobbly but I, i'm with it the moment where the things start, it started to really break for me is when they're in the car and you look in the side view mirror and it's already cracked and you're like okay that's a clue but also wait so when they manuf- when did the crack show up? Because at some point, this car that's moving forward in time was manufactured. Yeah. Did the, it leave the factory with the crack? The bullets that you catch when they so we just talked about the hallway fight that's in that fucking art gallery that's at an airport. When they built the structure, let's say the eighties, were there bullets lodged in the wall? Like what happens to the things after? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, and he can't answer that question because he what his answer would be is can't think about it too much. Yeah, well, but but you clearly did. I think it's at this point that I'd be like, mm, and we're shelving. The, I'm not going to make this movie because I can't figure that out. So we're not doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think it's worth. I still think it's worth watching. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Movie was watchable and worth watching, especially because like. There's not a lot of stuff that's coming out during this time. And it is trippy and cool and does like have some elements to it that you're like, that's pretty dope. Or like, yeah. oh, well, that was a cool thing to watch. Um, and the performances in general are pretty strong. So definitely worth watching. Just when he, he's got his other, like, I'm such a Nolan fan. I love the TDK trilogy. I love Prestige. I loved Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. I love Memento. I, I mean, I, I really do love him. This is on the back half for me. Yeah. Like, hardcore on the back half i was not an interstellar fan and 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 this might be a little better than that but i don't know they're kind of like 
they're in the same location. Yeah, that actually plays into Jake Hefner's question. Where do you all think Dan, uh, Tenet ranks in Nolan's filmography? I think I'm with you, Roxy. I think like um, because you can't rent it now, I ended up having to buy it. I actually don't regret owning it because there will be sequences I will go back and revisit. Um, and like you said, I think the performances, even though the script is tough, I think the performances are solid throughout. Um, but I'm with you. You mentioned earlier that this was supposed to be like Inception meets Memento. And I can't help but think if the structure, if you took the same idea, but you structured it smaller, like Memento, like you made a Memento with the same concept, you'd be in a much better position. The, just the scale of it, particularly when they get in that last like war scene. It was nonsense. I was like, there's, there's literally, that was, that really was. especially when there's two Robert Pattinson's running around. Like I was like, wait, I just saw, I literally just saw him get shot in the face and we've only established there's the group going forward and the group going back. And that was tough. Yeah. And like, that's what we're supposed to be built to. And then we're there and I'm like, I'm actually having a hard time following this. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> like and even in that, there's a moment where somebody gets sucked into a wall. Cool. Uh, I, I mean, Weirdly enough, I know you're not the biggest Doctor Strange fan uh, of the character. I'm not the biggest fan of that movie. But I thought the end of Doctor Strange did the same concept better. Like, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like the whole reversing the city. Like, uh, yeah. um, let's let's we. I think we've already got kind of an answer to this, but let's answer Fly Guy Ty's question. Do you guys believe that Christopher Nolan is an overrated director? I see comments like that a lot in various quote unquote film communities. I mean, I think his movies receive a lot of criticism that isn't necessarily fair. I think he's absolutely not overrated considering what I just said to you guys, which was about all of the movies of his that I love. Like the fact that he has created, uh, again, people had a huge issue with Dunkirk. I thought Dunkirk was beautifully done. Mm -hmm. um, I I didn't like it as much as Darkest Hour, which was unfortunate because that came out the same year and had and was about Dunkirk. Yeah. But I still thought it was beautifully done. The TDK trilogy is my favorite trilogy of all time, yeah. and Dark Knight is my favorite superhero movie of all time. So yeah. just for those three movies alone, he's really high up for me. Inception is mind blowing. Yeah. Um, it's not my favorite one of his movies to rewatch, but just watching that the first time was like, holy shit, this dude can fucking get it. Memento to me is was the first time that I was like, oh, I am like just actually in love with this guy. Like yeah. this is. This really, really works for me. And like you, I love The Prestige. Yeah. I think that that movie is vastly underrated. So if I can talk about all of those movies like that, it's hard for me to say that he's an overrated director because that's more movies than I like in 99% of director's iconography. Yeah. So uh, to me, some of his movies are misses, but he takes big swings. He seemingly is kind of... a a little bit of a jackass, mm -hmm. but as a director, man, he is the only person I'm driving to San Diego or one of the only people I'm driving to San Diego to see that movie, even though I hear the movie's not excellent. No. Cause I just, to me, he's a must see director. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. I've also, um, the following is, I mean, it's definitely his first movie, so it's not his most yeah, polished. Yeah. He made it for very little money. Um, but it's still very good. And I actually really like insomnia as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's like I'm I'm with you. I do worry a little bit that he's going to pull that like 
that classic famous person bullshit where it's like, oh, you didn't like Tenet? My next movie's going to be twice as confusing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, let's seem like him. Yeah. He is somebody who would double down in that way. Yeah, so go back to basics, dude. Do 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 another do another memento. Do something smaller. You can't. You literally can't go bigger. You you it's it. You've made the biggest movie that's not a tentpole Avengers film that you possibly can. Time to time to dial it back a little bit. Um, yeah. Going to the things that we liked. Danny wants to know what was your favorite reverse slash forward scene um, or your favorite visual. My, I it's the hallway stuff. That was yeah. my favorite. I mean, we call that a reverse slash forward scene, right? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. That was my favorite. I did think the the bullets coming out of the glass were cool looking every time. Yes, something about that. I was like, that's dope looking. Um, can't think too much about it, but that's dope. <laughs> so I guess those um, the not as much the car crash stuff that. Yeah. Those were a little harder for me to follow. What about you, DJ? Uh, I'm saying with you, the car crash, because I could have sworn at one point in the Ford version, the bad guys get out of a car and get into another car. And I thought that was the car that crashed, which I thought was empty. And then they're like, he was in it. And I was like, wait, was he though? <laughs> and again, I think that's a sign. The fact that like half the movie was like, what? Is, is like, well, you, you missed it. I think you're right. I For me, and again, I think this is part of the part where you and I are kind of like, forgive the movie a little bit because you're right. Whenever they caught a bullet, it never, it was never not cool. It always, it looked cool. Like, it, but the specifically where they were playing around with that scene and you kind of had the, the, where you see the two versions of the fight and the fact that they were able to film the two versions of the fight where, where it played either way, where it like, it kind of made sense either way. Um, I thought was, was really impressive. And again, I liked the ideas behind it. I am glad that we kind of ditched, the whole like plutonium and uh, nuclear war. It's like, oh, that's been done to death. It's like, they're going to reverse time. I'm like, oh shit. And I did like the hand wave of yeah. like, it doesn't matter whether it'll work or not. They think it will. Cause that's a very human. That's, a, that's a human thing. Like humans will do yeah, things that don't make fucking sense. So it's like, yeah. But they're going to do it. Try it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I did like that. He also wants to know, do you think, um, like many people, that Max, which I had to look up, is Elizabeth Debicki's son in the movie, is oh. Max actually Neil all grown up? I was confused by this theory. Yeah. How? I've been hearing this, too. If that's the case, I don't understand how. Uh, yeah, I think that has to be bullshit because at some point, let's say he's 10, he would then have to be moved because it's not like you go through a portal and you're back in time. You have to travel backwards in time 10 years and then move forward. It's like, no, there's no fucking way. That doesn't make any sense. A lot of people believe this to be true. Uh, it's, it, this one's a little too far fetched for me. Yeah, I agree. I also don't know, like, when the final conversation with Neil and he's like, you recruited me and we've had a few good years, it's like, wait, is he going to have to travel backwards? years to meet this guy and make a th- I don't want to watch I'm glad they didn't make us yeah and how many so at what point how many John David Washington's are running around at any, at any given point <laughs> I don't know I don't know I don't know um final question from Joey um talking about how he thinks that uh Chris Nolan seems less and less interested telling stories about fully fleshed out characters uh, Dunkirk is an event movie. Um, ten f- feels more interested in explaining the concept of time, exploring the concept of time, uh, than using people. Uh, w- oh, and using people shaped props that are telling uh, um, uh, props and telling emotional journey. 
do you think this is a flaw or a paradigm shift in storytelling? The fact that Nolan seems more interested in his plots than his characters. I, I don't know that I think that that's completely true. Yeah. Uh, A lot of people have given this criticism with Dunkirk that none of the characters were fleshed out, but I felt like the movie did an excellent job of making me feel fucking trapped and suffocated via its characters. Yeah. So maybe that's an event film, but I felt those characters. I felt their fear. I felt their um, passion. I felt like uh, I that they were slightly different from each other, but at the same time, they're all soldiers. So they're all experiencing similar emotions. So I didn't find them to not be fleshed out. That's like a huge criticism of the film. I do think in general, especially with his female characters, Christopher Nolan has not figured that fully out yet. Um, He just kind of hasn't. It's why the majority of his characters or main characters are men. And the the woman typically is this like unattainable, beautiful, but doesn't quite make sense, skinny, angular, tall person. Mm -hmm. Just kind of is um, sometimes born like that with a slight but sexy accent. That seems to be his MO a little bit more. But in general, I think that we, even though it's not like Aaron Sorkin, where the dialogue is explaining so much about the characters and talk, 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 talk. I feel like I do most of the time get a sense of these characters. This movie is an exception to that. But I don't find from him that I'm like, I don't get that character at all. Just look at the TDK trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, I, I again, like I mentioned earlier, I think like, he relies on his actors a lot to bring the hu- the humanity to it. And to your point about the female characters, I did appreciate that uh, his Dunkirk got some flack because like there were Indian soldiers there in, in the actual battle of Dunkirk that we never see in, in the Dunkirk movie. So I, I was glad that like John David Washington is the lead. One of my other favorite characters that doesn't get a ton of screen time, um, but he makes an impression uh, when he's on there, let me try, let me see if I can bring up the actor's name is Himesh Patel, who plays Mahir. Um, I'm glad he was in there. Uh, uh, and so maybe, well, it's one of the it's one of those things, right? So maybe in the next movie he could have a female lead. It's like, yeah, but also get a lady writer to write it with you. Yeah, because he actually can't. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know about the word can't, but if he's gonna do that, then he should probably bring somebody on board with him. Yeah. Because I don't actually trust in his ability to flesh out a woman. I I think that's fair. I think that it's fair, and it's so strange too. Because his wife produces all his movies with him. It's like you can't. She doesn't have like an. You can't be like, hey, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do, what do you, what are your thoughts on this? Mm-hmm. Does this reflect your life or experiences at all? Yeah. So if you yeah. had to give um, a tenant a score out of ten. I always struggle with this because like on the letter grade, it's higher than this, but I guess out of 10, I would give this a, like a 6.8. Yeah. Maybe a seven. But that, you know, that's a D, which I'm not giving this a D. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. So if letter grade, like C. Yeah. I would give solid it a C. C. I'd give it a solid. Plus even like. Yeah. I think I agree with that. I think I think a solid C because there's actually parts of this movie that I think are really great, but then unlike a lot of Nolan movies, there's parts that are like just bad. They're just they're just they're just bad. They don't make sense. They hurt my brain. Yeah. 
it's like it, it's yeah it's like uh uh unwrapping like a four-dimensional rubik's cube as like a toy and it's like oh no this is a chore you haven't given me this isn't this isn't something I'm going to enjoy. This is you've given me a chore to do. <laughs> yeah, part of when I'm ranking things, what I think of is like, okay, who would I be stoked to recommend this to? Yeah, um, and I'm actually not stoked to recommend this movie to anyone. Like, I'm not like I, I'm. I still think people should watch it, but I'm not like, oh, my grandparents would love this. My dad yeah. would love. My little sister would love. I'm just like, mm, I think you should see it because they're cool parts. But there's not one person in my life that I'm like that person would fucking love this movie. <laughs> So that's keeping it from being any higher. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. If you've all seen Tenet, let us know uh, in the comments down below or or tweet at us or whatever. Let us know your thoughts. I'm really interested to hear what everybody thinks about this movie now that most more more people can see it. Roxy, if people want to reach out to you, where can they find you? And also, what are you up to that they should check out? Everywhere at Roxy Stryer, live at the Roxy every single day on my YouTube, youtube.com slash Roxy Stryer, 1 p.m. Also, the World Girls, where we give everything a world. We just gave Hanukkah a world this week. If you've never experienced Hanukkah, you might want to join us for that one. And that's on Wednesday and Sunday nights, youtube.com slash the World Girls. Check that out. I'll definitely check out the Hanukkah one because I know a little bit, but I could always, I could always know more. People don't know that much about Hanukkah, which makes sense. I'm still actually sitting next to um, my Hanukkah gelt and oh, yeah. uh, my Hanukkah hat, in which I was asked about DJ when <laughs> I was wearing this because I I think no kind of similar to you. Only stupid answers, no stupid questions, no stupid questions. Um, but somebody asked me if that was traditional ha Jewish garb, and I thought that that was a great question because I'm that's how little people know about Jews. Yeah. That. Like, no, that is not worn every Hanukkah. Like, that was a party city thing that Darina bought for me because it's a menorah, so it's funny. To everybody celebrating Hanukkah out there, I hope you're having fun. If you're celebrating Christmas or celebrating Christmas too or any of these other holidays, I hope you're having fun, staying safe. All right, everybody, that's it from us next week. Stay tuned for more episodes soon. We're gearing down for the year, but we've got a few extra things for you, so stay tuned for all that. You can follow me at DJ Talks Trash, or you can follow the show at Only Stupid Answers everywhere that matters, but on Twitter, think of the vows from Stupid. Uh, so please follow us there and let us know your thoughts on everything we discussed this week. We'd really appreciate it. And we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.